You are listening to the Dream for Others podcast with Naomi Arnold, episode 7. Dream for you, dream for me, dream for others. And now your host, award-winning life and business coach, Naomi Arnold. Hey there, I hope you've been having a wonderful day. I'm curious, as always, about what you've been up to so far. I wish you could answer, but you can't. So feel free to let me know in the comments on the show notes page or by tagging me on social media at Naomi L. Arnold, hashtag dream for others. I would love, love, love to read your answers. That would be a real treat. At the time of recording this episode, I've personally spent the day co-hosting a Gentle Business Mastermind virtual retreat with my co-conspirators, Amanda Rootsy and Nicola Newman, as well as our mastermind members. Basically, it's part co-working, part accountability, part get things done. We love them and we have so much fun together and seem to have really productive days when we join forces in that way, which loosely ties in to the topic I wanted to chat with you about today, actually, which is all around being discerning with our support network. Now, I have some pretty strong opinions on this drawn from my own personal experience and life lessons. But as I often do, I was curious to see if there was any research out there on the topic. So I searched my university journal database and also did a quick Google. And what I discovered to my surprise was that most of the articles were in a religious context, mostly Christian-based or ministry-related. So if you've come here today all excited because you think I'm going to be talking about those things, I'm so sorry. (laughs) I'm not. But hey, there are heaps out there on Google about this topic, so I hope you can find what you're looking for there. If you have, however, been thinking about support lately where you have or haven't been getting it from key people in your life or where you wish you had more support from loved ones or significant others, then yes, you're in the right place. This episode's for you. First of all, what is support? How do we receive it? How do we give it? My answers to those questions might be very different to your answers to those questions. What support looks and feels like to you and what not receiving support looks and feels like to you can obviously be very different from person to person. This in itself, I think, can be really interesting to examine, but I wanted to focus today on considering how support can look and feel different depending on the context. For example, obviously what feels supportive in a professional environment might look different to what feels supportive in a personal environment. How a staff member or a boss or a contractor or a coach like me can make you feel supported is going to be very different to how a family member or a friend can make you feel supported. So the way my husband supports me is different to the way my business coach, Lena West, supports me. And if I were to stop and think about it, I obviously have different expectations of those two people as well. Then not only can the context shift from 
professional to personal environments and perhaps other environments too. It can also shift from specific relationship to specific relationship. One of the biggest mistakes or learnings that I feel I've made in my life and my relationships, both in personal and professional contexts, is that I didn't examine the contextual nature of support. I know this is something that many of my clients have realized while we've been working together as well. If I had have done this, if I had have acknowledged the contextual nature of support, I may not have placed unrealistic expectations on some people. I can't assign my blanket definition of support to everyone in my life. It needs to shift from person to person. I can't always expect them to show me support in all the ways, but I can hope that they will give me support in some of the ways. The other thing that I think would have made life easier for me if I had have looked at support in a more contextual way is that I would have been more discerning about who I turned to for support in different instances. I would have gone to the best person or sought out the best person for the specific type of support I needed in that certain scenario rather than going to, for lack of a better word in this moment, the wrong person. And that person I might love very much and they might be incredibly supportive in other ways. But in that specific scenario, they're perhaps not the best person to turn to. Like Gary Chapman's five love languages that you may have heard of, there are different support languages too. Some people are great at holding space for emotional support. Others are not. Some people are great at showing initiative and volunteering and doing tasks for you, whereas others are not. Some people are really wise and experienced in specific topics or issues, whereas others are not. You get my gist, right? Now, maybe you're thinking, well, no, duh, Naomi, But for me, this simple new level of awareness shifted so many things. I was able to be more discerning in who I went to for support in different contexts. And I was able to see where the gaps were in my support network. So rather than expecting people in my life to give me support in ways that they possibly can't or that possibly leave me wanting in some way, I was able to actively look for this support elsewhere. Looking at support in a more contextual way and being more discerning about who I turn to and when also helped me learn to appreciate those who give me support more. In part because I very rarely leave a conversation or a scenario feeling disappointed or let down anymore. And when I do, I can assess that. Is it an area I need to chat with that person about? Do we need to dialogue and work through it? Or with hindsight, were they potentially not the best person I could have spoken to or wanted support from in this instance? And if so, what can I do next time to be more discerning and conscious about where I turn to for support if a similar scenario comes up? If I don't have someone who would be capable of supporting me in such a circumstance, where might I begin to look to ensure I have someone there in the future? 
And this someone might be a friend or a family member or a peer or a colleague or a mentor, or they might be a paid consultant or a coach or a therapist or a mastermind group or some other type of support group. For me, I've consciously created a fairly solid support network around me over the past couple of years, especially in personal, professional and academic contexts. I have a coach, a social justice mentor and consultant, a more relational type mentor and coach, a paid business mastermind, a private mastermind with a couple of business friends and obviously beloved family and friends. So today I invite you to ponder on your support network. If you were to be discerning and to take a contextual perspective to support, what changes might you make in your behavior and what areas might you tweak? How could you find the support you need in some areas? If you're willing, I would love if you would share in the comments on the show notes page or tag me on social media at Naomi L. Arnold, hashtag dream for others. And let me know what is one thing you can tweak or change in this area. What is one thing that you can do or be mindful of moving forward? I might even join you in some of them as this is one of those areas that is always evolving. And we haven't even touched on you being supportive to others yet, but we might leave that for another episode and finish off here now, I think. So thank you again for listening. And I look forward to hopefully hearing what you think online soon. Bye. Are you finding this content useful? Imagine having Naomi in your corner all year for monthly one-on-one coaching sessions unlimited email support and business resources. Visit NaomiArnold.com forward slash coaching for details.